0: Game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Into the Seattle zone, left wing, now across. Quick shot by Hyman Offisdick, but poop by Jones. the
1: scores! Warren Fogle was on the ice, and he swept it home. Well, Warren Fogle stayed with that one, and the Edmonton Oilers keep their winning streak alive for consecutive victories as they take down the Seattle Kraken. 5-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Fogle's goal, his fifth of the season, from the seat of his pants, turns out to be the game-winner this evening, McDavid Ryan, Hyman, and McLeod also scored. Evander Kane returns to the lineup. He plays 17 minutes and 9 seconds, has 7 shots on goal, 11 attempts at goal overall. He had a couple go wide and a couple blocked, and he finished with 5 hits, so a pretty solid return for Evander Kane, who had 2 or 3 really good opportunities. If you like following this type of stuff, I'm looking at the website Natural Stat Trick that... uh, tracks a lot of stats during games and according to their criteria for well grade A chances they call them high danger scoring chances five on five it was 15-2 in favor of the Oilers for this game and all told Rob I thought pretty solid all-around effort for the Oilers when they did have a blip they were able to recover fairly quickly and they've won four straight
2: yeah they were good Uh, they were the better team Uh, the Seattle Kraken are a very good five on five club and the Oilers were better at it tonight. Uh, now, uh, this has a, been a tough stretch for the Kraken. They've been on a, a nine-game road trip because their home game more or less is part of their road trip because they were in and out quickly, uh, but the Oilers took advantage of it. And again, the, the one way that the Oilers are going to be successful and turn their season around was they're going to have to do it from top to bottom. They're going to have to quit relying on their star players to win hockey games and they had to get contributions throughout and we're starting to see that on a consistent basis now one the players are getting ice time and two they're rewarding the coach with good plays so uh, players like McLeod, Fogel, Holloway, Derek Ryan uh, contributed and that's going on the backs of the Yanmarks and the Costins that have been doing it the last number of games so the Oilers are playing much more like a team right now and when you play like a team and you've got the top-end talent that they have, you're going to have success, so the Oilers have played very good 5-on-5 hockey for for a nice stretch right now, and again, we're rewarded for it tonight. So 5-2,
1: the victory tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. Head there, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. So Kane comes back, Rob. I gave us stats very close to scoring well I would say three times Uh, the chance in the first period had another setup from McDavid in the second period Uh, that really nice deflection in the uh, third period oh and he was had another setup for McDavid in the third period as well so he was around the net I, I mean to me if if you hadn't been watching hockey and just jumped in as an Oilers fan for this game. I don't think you would you would think, oh, gee, Kane looks rusty or anything like that. No,
2: I think near the 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 last half of the third period, his legs probably were a little fatigued. And uh, you can practice all you want and ride the bike and do whatever you can, but game game play is completely different. Uh, but as far as being around the net and understanding what his role is, he didn't seem out of sorts at all he hung around the blue paint he was physical he shoots the puck Uh, was a little nasty with his stick at times Uh, he played the way that Evander Kane plays and he wasn't going to wade into the game Uh, when I said 15 minutes I would have said over right afterwards but uh, he gives them another element and another well he gives them star power so the Edmonton Oilers got better when he was in the lineup and uh, he was good. The Oilers were good. It was a solid home victory for the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Yes, and the over does win. Set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. Rob set the line for Kane's ice time at 15 minutes, so he gets to 17.09. Dennis gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. 5-2. The Oilers beat the Kraken, and they were helped tonight. After Jack Campbell, uh, I mean, really a, a blunder for him, a bit of a soft one, winning off his glove, had a really good game otherwise, and he's won fourth, four in yep. a row personally now. Uh, a minute one after that, a, a back checking Eli Tolvin, and uh, unfortunately, trying to knock the puck away from Zach Hyman, pokes well, it right into his own net. Well, he,
2: he succeeded. Well, he, yes, he, he did he, succeed. He, true. He, passed, he got it away from Hyman, and just inside the post, it was a wonderful shot. Unfortunately, it was at the wrong end. Uh, even Hyman was embarrassed by it you saw him going back to the bench put his hand over his face laughing like yeah no I've had a, I've scored some nice ones in my day that one wasn't well, he's had one three of them
1: disallowed on replay this so year, this so. was <laughs>
2: the, the hockey gods paying him back uh it, it was but it was a nice play that was set up and just unfortunate for Seattle and that was a huge play in the game Seattle comes out they do get the the, the soft fluky goal that pulls them within one and you always think when it's a two-goal lead you want to if we can get one early in this third period, we can set the tone. And they did, and unfortunately scored on themselves, and that was the end of the game. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Actually,
3: our crack PR team just told me that that was the 15th time we scored five goals this year. And, and what was the, the record is that we haven't lost when we scored five, five or more goals. So uh, to do that at even strengths, I think that's a positive. I don't think, um, you know, for me... That's not the side of the game that we're putting our focus or concern on. I think we're putting a lot of emphasis on um, defending the right way. And I thought we did a lot of really good things towards that direction tonight. And we're able to take two points off a divisional opponent that's in front of us right now.
4: Orrin Fogel said he had more chances tonight than he feels he's had. You know, in, in a few weeks, and uh, was happy to bury that one. He scored, McLeod scored, Ryan scored, You're just getting lots more contributions. How important is that, and what did you make of Fogel's effort tonight?
3: Well, what I liked about it is where those goals were scored, all, all three of them. Um, you know, uh, three guys that maybe aren't at the high end of the goal chart, but uh, went somewhere in order to find offensive success. I think Warren Fogel's game has picked up since uh, he was scratched there for, for a couple games. It, And we said at that time, you know, it was nothing that he was doing wrong. It was just that we made a coach's decision at that point. Uh, I thought his game has come uh, since he's come back into the lineup. And uh, it was nice to see him score a blue paint goal in the fashion that he did. He probably could have had three or four more other ones.
5: Uh Maybe I'll just jump off that and ask about Pooley who ended up being the healthy scratch tonight. Where are you at on his game and what
3: went into that decision? Yeah, you know, he wasn't in the lineup tonight. I thought our team, you know, played well and won the game. You know, those decisions aren't easy decisions. When you start getting back to full health, um, you know, the coaching, the coach's job and the coaching staff's job, uh, you know, makes it difficult because we have a lot of really good players. And uh, tonight he didn't play in, in the game tonight but I feel good about him and his game and he'll get back in there soon
5: Evander Kane comes back in what did you think of the way he looked given how long he's been off and how much
3: how much did the group miss him now that you have him back I thought he played a heck of a game tonight I mean you look at his shots you look at his finish checks uh, you look at his time on ice for somebody that's missed um, that amount of hockey and to step right in to when we're in mid-season form right now, so mid-season pace, mid-season execution level, and uh, I thought he, he he makes us a better team. Uh, he slots people in the right kind of slots. I used him in um, every avenue of the game. He played shorthanded. He's played on the power play, uh, and he was uh, dynamite five-on-five, five. so I thought he, it, it was a very good start for him to come back into that game.
6: Jay, what did you What did you think of uh, Jack Campbell's performance tonight?
3: It was very good. Yeah, helped us win the game 5-2. I think uh, he's another one of those guys who's found some confidence here uh, post Christmas. Uh, I actually shouldn't say found his confidence he earned the right to feel confident and he earned the right to feel confident by the amount of work that he put in Um, I'm sure it wasn't easy to always not uh, You know be able to play game after game after game he uh, handled it like a true professional He went back to work. He made a few small adjustments to his game and and he's finding some success as the team is finding success I'm really happy for Jack
6: that second goal, the one early in the, the third period, yeah. in other games or other years or whatever could have sunk the team. How did you feel like the team responded uh, and ultimately really put
3: it? Well, we scored within a few shifts after. Um, I like our chatter on the bench. I thought we there were some small things that we could have played differently in that play, um, but they're a good team. They won eight in and I think. Eight, they won eight in a row, but seven of them were on the road. Um, they're going to push, and they have good players that make good plays. They found a goal at the start of the third, but I loved our response.
4: 11-7, there have
5: been times you've gone to it with mixed results. You've got great results from it recently. Is is it the 11-7 formation that makes a difference, or is it the way your team is playing? Like, what, Why is it working this time?
3: Um. Well, last year... When Dave and I first came up, we, I think we won five in a row off of it. I think when we were um, left for dead in the Los Angeles series, we went to it, won game six and game seven. Um, I thought in the third round against Colorado, our two best games were when we went 11 and seven. Um, it's a tool within our our tool chest. And uh, for coaches, I think what you what you try and do is you try and Um, Eliminate comfort. And I don't think anything good ever comes out of comfort zones. And sometimes uh, when you get into that type of formation, it forces people to raise their game. It forces some forwards to raise their game if they're taking a little bit extra on that they would normally wouldn't if it was a four-line game. And for defensemen, when we dress 7D, all of whom can play, um, it's a little bit of competition for ice time.
5: So my follow-up would be, why wouldn't you ever
3: not do 11 and 7 then? Well, I think if you can find the rhythm of where you want your game to be with four, four lines and 6D. I like that too, I like that too, it's not, it's not something we're committed to, it's just something that we feel if we th- ne- think the team needs a little bit of a jolt, um, that's something within our arsenal and um, until we feel we need to veer from that, we won't. Um, I think in the last seven games we've lost one in regulation, maybe, one in regulation going back to the New York Islander game. And the only one that we lost in regulation was when we went four lines in 6-T. Is it a coincidence? Probably. Um, But we found some success, and we're going to stick with it for a little bit.
2: You have history with Philip Broberg. Uh, A lot of fans were clamoring for, you know, Ken Holland to give away future assets to get some immediate help in the back end. Can you assess his uh, performance over this recent stretch and your comfort level with him in the lineup?
3: Comfort level is very high. Um, assessing his performance, I think he's been excellent, I think he's growing before our eyes, I think he was plus four tonight. I think he defends the way we want him to uh, defend, he's quick back to pucks, he's not afraid on retrievals, he goes back and touches it first, he moves pucks quickly. He still makes the odd mistake here or there that I think is experience related and learning the, the league related. I have nothing but the highest esteem for Philip, how he approaches his day-to-day process, how hard he tries to play the game. I think he's going to be a very, very good NHL defenseman for the next 15 years or so because he's got all the tools. He's in great shape. He's serious about his craft. I'm thankful he's on our team. Good. Thanks, guys.
1: All right, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers beat the Kraken 5-2. I wanted to ask you about Philip Roberg, Rob. He plays 15-57 tonight. He goes plus four. I know know plus minus maybe isn't... As highly regarded as it used to be, but I think it's still significant. <laughs> you're well, plus four and a five to win.
2: Yeah, well, it usually means you're on the ice when you're scoring and not on the ice when the other team is. Uh, I, I think he's been excellent, and we've talked about him a lot. Where at the end of the night, you don't remember a lot of his shifts, which is good because he's not a he's not a a high-end offensive player. So you, those are the defensemen that you remember. Uh, he's not a crusher, so he's not getting thrown the big hits. So the only time a Broberg would be noticed is when he makes a mistake. And, and you start thinking back the last number of games, when's he made a big grade-A mistake? And we can go through the whole lineup, and you can remember a Nurse 1 or a CeCe or a Bouchard or a Barry. But you start thinking, okay, when did Broberg make that big mistake? And- he simplifies his game he's very good as as Woodcroft talked about getting back getting the puck he, he doesn't do it uh, with lays he does it, he's, he's fast back there he, he, if a defenseman uses his speed to get back it gives him more time to look up ice and make the right decisions he gets pucks in deep uh, he moves the puck well uh, again and, and Bob and I talked about it at the end of the game here the Oilers have been talking, and fans are calling in. The, we need, we need a, a left-hand defenseman. We need a big mean crusher, someone that's going to play nasty. Well, the Oilers now have got Broberg, and he's playing very, very well. He's got DeHarnay, who's come up and and looked not at a place at all. So you started thinking, okay, now. How much is it a need now that the Oilers have to have these guys at the deadline or do they have guys that are capable of doing that that are in the organization but I think Broberg has settled down Bouchard I think he, he's a calming influence out there because he's such a, a simple player where he, he never puts his partner in any kind of trouble and he's got the speed that if there is a mistake made, he can make up for his partner. So, Broberg had an excellent game tonight. I think it's just a string of excellent games he's put together. Philip
1: Broberg is our fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The three stars tonight, Zach Hyman with three points is the first star. Dylan Holloway Rob, a multi-point game, he gets two assists, he's the second star, and Warren Fogle, who, who we know can be an up-and-down mm-hmm. player, he scores, he plays 12-10, he had six shots on goal. Uh,
2: that was Fogle's best game that I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, he probably scored on his worst scoring opportunity, he had some great looks early in the game, but you still like the fact that on the goal that he scored, he was in the blue paint, taking a beating, and then while he's down there he's still watching trying to find the puck and he scores from his butt but Fogel was good in Holloway again uh, so impressed with what he's doing uh, when the Oilers get healthy I still do believe that Holloway's a guy that has an opportunity to be in your top six uh, what the Oilers will need at the trade deadline I think will uh, have a lot to do with Yamamoto uh, I don't know we don't know what the injury is that he's had but it's been he's been in and out of the lineup so that's something, a little bit of cause for concern. But I do believe this Euler team right now is playing as they did at the end of last season when they were a dominant team. They're getting contributions up and down their lineup. They're getting good goaltending. They're not giving up the big mistakes, the grade-A scoring chances against. This Euler team right now is on a verge of going on a run that allows them to push to win this division to to push the teams ahead of them that are starting to have some flutters in their games so this is uh we've talked about it you and i the others need to have a 10 out of 12 or a, or uh 11 out of 14 type streak well four in a row is a good way to start that streak
1: yeah and the standings looking a little nicer now the oilers are the better of the two wild card Positions in both points and points percentage 53 points 576 points percentage ahead of Calgary. They have 51 points 567 points percentage It's really spaced out now the Nashville Colorado st. Louis are the best non playoff teams And then there's a significant drop-off to to Vancouver.
2: Yeah, no, the, it's now. Uh, what's that 8 11 team race? There the other five teams are, are no longer involved and the problem. So this is what Vegas is having a bit of a bobble right now uh LA's having a bit of bobble but what they did they banked points so yep. they can afford that bobble the Colorados the Nashvilles and the St. Louis's are making a push but they can't afford to have a bobble because they don't have those points in the bank uh, Nashville won tonight uh St. Louis they're starting to play better Colorado's starting to play better it's going to be a fun race and I don't uh, a good stretch, like the ULIs are on, can boost your rate right up the standings. And on the other flip side of it, you fall five out of six or something like that, you could find yourself falling completely out of this race. There are, I believe, 11 teams going for eight spots. And this little stretch that the Oilers are on right now and the stretch they have before the uh, their week off, they could set themselves up very nicely for a good stretch run.
1: Yeah, well, four games left. They got Tampa Bay, then you have vancouver not doing great uh columbus not doing great and chicago not doing great
2: and uh the last few games with tons of rest as the oilers have two games i think in about eight days span or something along that line yeah
1: the only the only thing would worry me about that last week is are you thinking you're already kind of feeling like you're on a break before you're actually on the you've already
2: packed your bag for the vacation Uh, i don't believe that uh, knowing the leadership of this group i don't think that will be an issue this is a type of leadership group that'll have them practicing during their week off. That's the kind of group they'll go rent ice at Millwoods or something and have 6 a.m. practices. But, you know, it they, they, the Oilers are playing well right now, and they're, they're getting quality goaltending. That's huge. So they got the good goaltending. They got the best power play. And when they start getting five-on-five plays they've had over the last four or five games, that sets them up really well for the remainder of the season.
1: All right, here's what happened around the league, Rob. You mentioned the uh, national results as we look at the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit advantagetrailerrentals.com. Nashville beating Columbus 2-1 tonight. The Canadians knock off the Jets 4-1. The Maple Leafs rally to beat the Panthers 5-4 in overtime. Mini beats Washington 4-2. Flyers over the Ducks 5-2. Chicago wins in overtime 4-3 against the Sabres. Seth Jones got the winner. Coyotes in a shootout Beat the Red Wings 4 3, and of course, right here in Edmonton, it is Oilers 5 Kraken 2. That is your scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals. All right, you can get us at 780 496 0063. That is the hotline powered by Certain Teed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certain Teed Pro, all the way. We will welcome Jason to the show tonight. Jason, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead.
6: hey guys uh great time but great game by soup tonight um a uh, big question for you guys uh broker broberg versus bouchard because of Benny's play tonight and and not just tonight it's you know last three games um and there's a couple things Broberg's speed and finesse and both uh bouchard's offensive production um i know where i would lean if i was holland uh, but it comes down to team needs right so
2: what, do you, what 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 do you mean? Who's better? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, like, like
6: yeah, like I, I know they, they, they bring a different dynamic to the game. Um, but like if there becomes a trade in the future, what would you guys do? Because I, I, I know I, I just like Broberg's play a little better. That's
2: just me. I I'm a huge fan of Broberg. I really am. I think that kid is going to be a very good defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers for a long long time
6: yeah no I, I do too but Bouchard um he, he does have the, the the production uh the offensive power but at the end of the day I I think that the Oilers do need that defensive help and that's where Broberg comes into play
2: yeah well uh, as I said I'm a big fan of Broberg I think he'd be a good Olier for 10-15 years does that help you <laughs>
1: yeah uh bouchard settled down the last few he has been better which is good yeah
2: Yeah, i well broberg gives you a more consistent defensive game um i he'll never have the offensive upside because he doesn't have the shot that bouchard has but i I think it's a, a much more calm and safe game when broberg's on the ice
1: Yeah, and with Harnay, I I think good start, four games, I'm not ready to uh, anoint him oh, he's going to be a 50-minute, but he's certainly a good guy to have with the organization if if he turns out to be an up-and-down guy even for the next five years, that's not so bad if he's one day a a regular and can be a third-pairing guy um, I mean, I guess the only knock on him is he's taken four penalties, I suppose but
2: yeah, well, the penalty at the end saved a goal. Yeah, so that that's fine with and that penalty. The other penalty. one, he was just the other, one, than he, the other guy. Yeah, the other one, he was actually <laughs> just playing the puck. It was he didn't throw his elbow. He was, had to pull his arms in because the puck was closer to him, and he got the guy right in the nose. Uh, Dayernay being my line. I I believe the Oilers continue with eleven and seven because I want Dayernay in 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 the game. And when you look at the Oilers, here's why eleven seven is good for the Oilers. The Oilers are a much if you're looking at where the strength of the Oilers is it's up front if you're comparing their forwards to their defensemen their forwards are the strength of this team so when you go 11-7 that means your forwards play more and your individual defensemen play less to me that's a good thing that's playing to your strengths
1: yeah but uh, generally deharnay is he's been fighting I mean, he has two assists
2: <laughs> we he's just not pl- while he he's was plus 3 up. four games plus 3 three, two assists and, and he's
1: he's so big when he gets beat, his reach makes up for it. Like, it's almost as well, his reach is his speed.
2: So there, yes, <laughs> I agree. There, and there's there's four right-handed defensemen on the team right now. If you are have a one-goal lead against the Vegas Golden Knights in game five of the playoffs, and there's two and a half minutes to go in the game, who are your two right-handed defensemen that are gonna take the last two shifts? Who would you feel safest with?
1: Well, CeCe, for sure.
2: Yeah, there, that's my point.
1: Yeah, DeHarnay or Barry.
2: Yeah, so uh, you've got this big, huge mammoth man that covers space in his own end that only plays a simple game. Now, again, it's small sample size. That's why you keep going 11-7 and and you keep playing him against the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is a perennial NHL powerhouse. Been to the finals three years in a row. Play him against him, see how he does against Kucherov and Stamkos and Points and all the players that they have. Uh, that's what you're testing them for. You're, the Oilers have to find out what they have in, in, their, in their system because there's a trade deadline a month and a bit away. So they got to find out what they need to be to make a run in, in, the, in the National Hockey League playoffs. Uh, is Broberg the solution on your left side as your third-pairing defenseman? Is Deharnay a guy that you can have in and out of your lineup as your right side? Is that the mean physical defenseman that you're looking for? Do you, does this save you from having to give up A Holloway or a Bouchard or your first-round pick to get a a rental come in to do the same job that these guys are capable of. Now, I'm not saying D'Arnais that guy yet, but let's watch. Let's wait and see. Let's play him a number of games here to see he's capable of doing. So far in four games, he's got a... I'd say he's an A uh, if you're going to grade him. He's been...
1: Relative to your expectations. Yeah, yeah.
2: well, he's a a third-pairing defenseman that's plus four with two assists. That's pretty... Or plus three with two assists in four games. That's pretty good.
1: Oilers beat the Kraken 5-2. Five, $500 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. He was back in the lineup for the first time since November 8th. Here's Evander Kane.
4: Before, you can never
5: really tell how it's going to feel until you get in a game and mm-hmm. guys are hacking, whacking. How do you feel? feel fine. Uh, yeah, no, it, uh, no issues tonight um, other than my finish. <laughs> That seemed like, from afar, you seemed to have the game pretty well in control, maybe not so much right around the net. That just comes with time, I assume? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I can't expect too much, but uh, yeah, I mean, we had some looks. Uh, team played well. You know, we got two points against a really good team and, uh, you know, I had my looks tonight, which was uh, a positive and just try to build off that. Did it feel like you rode as long as you were or were you able to kind of get back into the swing things quickly? Uh, I mean, I felt, let's put it this way, I felt a lot better tonight than I did when I came in here last year So on my first game. So, um, yeah, looking forward to
4: uh, the Thursday night. So when you say your finish wasn't there, was it just timing or was it part
5: of the wrist? No, no, no. I think it was just, uh, you know, timing, you know, getting uh, getting some looks. But uh, like I said, I think it was positive that uh, when we were out there and we around the net, um, getting some looks, getting some chances. And, uh, you know, we put up five goals, I think, uh, all five on five tonight, so that was uh, that was a really good plus for our team. You're joining a team that's starting to hit its stride here. Do you think uh, they look like they're giving, rolling out the same game every night? Not a ton of power play goals and still winning games. Yeah, no, I mean we uh, we knew they were a team that, that scored a lot five on five. I think they lead the league, so um, limiting them with their chances and then obviously uh, outplaying them uh, in their own end and being able to put some by their goalie, I thought was real positive for our team and especially here in home ice.
1: Yeah, so Evander Kane back in action, 17 minutes, seven shots on goal, five hits. Oilers beat Seattle 5-2. You will also hear from tonight's first star, Zach Hyman, and we'll have more time for you on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We are live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Five, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. Cross to Tolvanen, has it on the right wing to the blue line for Dunn. To Tolvanen, out to the slot, one-timer, nice, save by Campbell. He covers it up as Bjorkstrand got that shot away from the slot area on a one-timer.
1: That is Jack Campbell. Save the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell, 31 stops tonight. The Oilers have won four straight. He's the goalie of record in all of those games. Uh, despite letting in a weak one tonight, he only let in two. And the Oilers got him five. 5-2 five, victory this evening. 780-496-0063. We have Dave standing by. Hi, Dave. Go ahead.
7: Hey, how's it going, boys? How did you enjoy the game tonight? It was good. Good. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts
6: on Evander Kane and the kind of, you know, the kind of game that he brings the Oilers and how it helps them. And I also just wanted to ask you guys, do you think Clem Costin and Matthias Janmark are the type of players that the Oilers have been missing all these years?
2: Um, As for Kane, he brings, he's offensive, he's nasty, he's physical. uh, But the biggest thing with him, he brings swagger. And I think that the Oilers... Lost a little swagger without Smith and Keith in their lineup, and I think uh, Kane brings that confidence uh, onto the ice, and I think he makes his team better because he's he just he gives them courage. Like He is a guy that when he's out there. He's not afraid to get in the middle of things. He sticks up for teammates. He's tough. So yeah, Kane's, Kane makes him a better hockey club. And Costin and Yanmark have been very good. Uh, yeah. The Oilers needed a third line that played with a little bit of uh, anger, a little bit of physicality, uh, guys that do the the right things all the time. And I think Costin and Yanmark have been very good, very consistent. So the, the, again, there's another thing that we're talking about for the trade deadline. The Oilers needed to find. Depth scoring or depth players. Well, Kostin and Yanmark have stepped up. Now, all of a sudden, the Oilers look pretty good top nine, and you're pushing guys like a, a Holloway or a Fogel or whatever down on your fourth line. You're like, oh, wait a second. Actually, we are a little bit deeper than we thought.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd go so far to say as Kostin and Yanmark are what the Oilers have been missing all these years, uh, but certainly, even some of the playoff years. I mean, I, I reference this a lot. Even the year they made the playoffs and they lost to the Jets, and I was saying they don't have a third line, and you really like, agree. I don't think they have a second line. <laughs> yeah. it was, it's dry, subtle, McDavid together, and then n- Nuge with whoever. This is before Hyman and Kane yep. were here. 100%. Uh, but I, I would say, I, I mean, I think Mark is, is, you know, working hard, doing his job, but I would lean towards Kostin being that type of player that the Oilers is missing because he can finish. But if he doesn't score, you often still notice him in the game. I mean, this probably would have been a quieter game for him, but mm-hmm. he still was involved. He still had a couple of good looks at the net.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think where you see is Yanmark. Costin is a bigger player where he, he, he plays bigger. There's more moments where you're like, there's a big hit. There's a fight. There's a goal. Yanmark's more of a subtle player, and Yanmark has been very good on the penalty kill. So that's an, another thing where the Oilers, they don't have to use Leon or Connor on the penalty kill they can they can trust Yan mark so that's a third line guy that's a role player that's eating up minutes on the kill that's a good thing and the
1: addition of those two guys who came up when Kane got hurt, by the way. Yep. And now Kane's back. Our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Alright, Zach Hyman had a goal and two assists as the Oilers beat Seattle 5-2. Here's Hyman. Seems
6: maybe like things maybe could have gone off the rails after they got that early goal in the third. How did you guys put
7: that behind you and really put your foot down? Yeah, I think it's just a process of, of learning, right? I think throughout the year, you know, you're, you've got situations where you're up by two and and good teams, you're uh, like playing against good teams, and, and they make pushes. And you know they made a push there at the start of the period, and, and they got one there. And I think for us, you know, we're, we just we, we settled in our game. And we just kept putting pucks behind them, and then we got the uh, the one off my chest, which is a nice one, kind of settled things down, and then I uh, kind of went from there.
5: Still feel better than Warrens?
7: <laughs> I don't know, no. Warrens is great. Warrens is, uh, you, you know, you got to score goals like that. I think I think that was a good thing too. You know, Dr got one in the blue paint. Warren got one in the blue paint. Clodder got one in the blue paint. Like. You got to find ways to score and and get to the net and I think uh, it's it's huge cut you know come playoffs you gotta find dirty goals and we got them tonight so it's good. A couple of high-profile wins are coming up here that feels good. Listen, you, you got to find ways to win, right? I think uh, you know we talked about, you know, we weren't able to properly string games together, and I think you know now, you know, we've we're, you know we wanted some in a row here, but I think we're we're happier with the way we're playing. I think that's the the key thing is is we're playing the right way. We're playing strong, uh, mature third periods. I think that's the that's the key. Just uh, playing, you know. To our game and, and making sure that uh, we make it difficult on the other guys on, on the other side, and, and understanding you know the type of game that you're in when you're up. So I think that's really encouraging, and uh, it's great that we're playing against a team like Tampa coming up. That'll be another big test. All
1: right, that's uh, Zach Hyman. Yeah, fortunate goal, but it's the puck follows him around because he works so hard. So he's he, I don't, he's going to get a few of those. That's okay.
2: Well, he, he forced the defender to come back and try and break up a play. So he created the opportunity. Now, obviously that is a very lucky break. Uh, I don't think the goaltender was expecting that one. So he put it just his own player, put it inside the post, but uh, Hyman was excellent again tonight. And uh, there's very seldom at the end of the night where we say, eh, you know what, hell, uh, Hyman had an off game. His, he's at about a 99.9% rate of uh, good games. And again, tonight was one of them. Yeah,
1: and he was plus four as well. Goal and two assists, plus four, played 21:07 so another solid game for uh zach hyman the ice time was uh fairly i mean connor got up to twenty-two and a half. uh who was under jay Harnay was under 10 he played 950 and holloway was uh, actually the low ice time guy for the game he played 942 but well, uh, again, he was I noticeable know, him quite yeah, a bit, yeah. And that,
2: that's a good thing and that's why having a the, when they go 11 and seven you don't have a fourth line you have a a Connor mcdavid with two other players or you have a leon with two other players or yeah anyway you're you're, you have a good a good group with 11 players the Oilers could have a lot of success playing that way
1: all right quick news and weather update Uh, if you're on hold we will get to you you're also going to hear from warren Fogle. oilers take down the kraken 5-2 it's hartland ford overtime open line
0: is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan Susie lost an edge, lost the puck behind the net. It's centered here. dry Seidel in front of the goal. He was looking for Kane for the slam dunk. It went off a skate and the puck cleared out. Big hit there by Day Harney.
1: Yes, it's the new guy, De delivering the crunch of the game for Cougar Payton Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. The Oilers crunch the crack in 5-2 for their fourth consecutive victory. So the Oilers are now 25-18 and 3 on the season. Seattle 26-14 and 4. They have lost two in a row, but they did win their previous eight before that. So still a pretty good stretch of games for them. 780 We have Anish on the line. Anish, go ahead.
6: Hey, Rob, how are you both tonight? Pretty good. Good. Uh, Hope I speak for all of Oilers Nation and just really wanted to compliment how how Jack has been playing the last four games and honestly now like it looks like he's playing as what we expected when we signed into that contract. What has he done differently than in the previous months before this recent success? And now as the coaching staff, you do. I know. Normally, you go with the uh, hot hand. So anticipating that Jack would start against Tampa Bay, when do we put uh, when do we put uh, Stu back in there?
2: I I would imagine they'll play Skinner against Tampa Bay. I, I just mm-hmm. think he, uh, he's been out long enough. You don't want him to get stale and sit two weeks. It's not as though he was stopped playing because of uh, how he'd been playing. He stopped playing because he went home to the be with his wife for the birth of his child. So my full expectation would be skinner will play against the tampa bay lightning and then after that hopefully he plays well then the coach can decide on which goalie who's playing well can play in the next game but i would expect him as far as uh, what jack's doing different i mean i'm not a goalie coach i know he worked on a lot of things he changed some equipment he uh, to me he looks confident in there i think that's huge uh, there's been a lot written and he's talked about that he's his biggest his own biggest critic and i think that i know when i would get down on myself. It affected the rest of my game. I can imagine for a goaltender, it'd be a thousand times worse because any mistake you make ends up in the back of the net. So he just looks confident. As far as tactical stuff, uh, he worked on a lot of stuff and he had a lot of time to work on it. He just looks uh, much, much more confident and uh, and it's shown in his play. As it's four straight victories and the goals against are down too, so he's playing well. The, the equipment change.
1: Stoff was talking about on the face-off show, maybe there's a little bit of a difference in how the rebounds come off the pads. I interviewed Ben Scribbin last week at the kickoff for Quick Card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week, and Scrivens explained that the two um, it, brands, he said they aren't, aren't that different, or he might have even said they're, they're actually kind of manufactured by the same umbrella company, so he said they... He doesn't believe they're actually that different. But if,
2: well, you, you, it's, if it's the mental. athlete believes. Yeah, it's mental. Well, you'll see players tra- it's change. it's right? like, yep, They'll change the way they take like their stick. It's baseball,
1: you hear, well, this guy uses a 32-ounce bat, and this guy uses a 33-ounce bat. Or
2: well, <laughs> it's, it's like, amazing. Like, Those yeah. guys, people can tell the difference yeah. when that. But as far as, sometimes it's mental. It's, it's Seriously, when your things aren't going right, put your right skate on instead of your left skate on first next time. And players, if it works, they'll just keep on doing it. So uh, whatever he's done that's different, it's showing on his play.
1: By the way, baseball people don't get mad at me if I gave the wrong, <laughs> just use an example. It's 32
2: ounces, that doesn't sound very Average heavy.
1: weight of a baseball bat. I'm gonna put that in right now. Uh, although historically, uh, 33 ounce bats are common today. So no, there you go. There you go. So I accidentally knew something, which is good because I accidentally didn't know something with John Shannon. You really, I missed that. Oh yeah, I totally butchered the pronunciation
2: of a word. John was not impressed. I'm glad I wasn't here, because I would have butchered a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> words, names, just about anything. Oilers
1: with 5-2. Hyman with three points. We have Tony on the line as well. Hey, Tony, go ahead.
8: Hey, how's it going, boys? Good. I'm glad that he came back. Uh, he didn't, you know, his finish wasn't there tonight, but he was still effective on his 17 minutes. I have two questions for you. The first one is a quick one the second one's a little bit longer the first one is did, you, did Jack Campbell after that goal that went off his uh glove did he change his, his glove there or no you, you no. know what
1: somebody I didn't see that. somebody showed me a, a picture that it that maybe he did. I, I don't know. I didn't notice anything at the bench or during the timeout. But somebody has some.
2: Oh I man, I, I didn't know. I mean, yeah, it somebody happened.
1: showed me a photo that said, "Oh look, it appears to be a, a different glove." That so maybe he was gone, had gone back to the old glove, and that went in, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, I got to wear my new glove." I, I don't know. You'd think if he changed equipment, he would have changed equipment. So I don't know.
2: I yeah. I, my, that one. He just he just whiffed on it.
8: My second question is Kane. You know, Kane came back a lot quicker than most people were expecting, right? With his with his stuff that he had to do, what exactly is the physical stuff that he had to do, like, with his hand to make sure he was ready? Like, did he have to, like, squeeze his hand? Like, I just want to know,
2: what did he have to do to make sure he was ready? Well, I, I think that's a better question for his physiotherapist than his doctor. Uh, he would have had to get all his movement back, would have had to get all his strength back. Uh, It would not have been easy. Uh, He would have been starting from scratch. Uh, He would have worked hard, incredibly hard, to get back uh, for the physical part of it with being in shape, but also making sure his hand is capable of doing what he needs it to do. So it it would have been incredibly hard work for him to get back in in this short of time. Yeah, I don't know if he actually had to squeeze. Oh, they the, would have had squeeze balls. Yeah, for something sure. Something he would have to do to test the. He would have had a strength. physiotherapist that he would have seen every day and given him exercises. and He would yeah. have done all those exercises. He would have had to strengthen it because it would have been uh, dormant for a long, long time. So all of a sudden he gets very weak. So it it it's incredibly hard. Uh, and give him credit for getting back as quickly as he did.
1: Well, like he said yesterday, I might not be at full strength for the rest of the season. Yeah and he's you know there's probably going to be soreness and everything involved but i think the doctors would want to say okay well it's normal to be
2: sore you're recovering but you won't regress that's the biggest thing it won't
1: re-injure it it, you have to miss 12 more
2: games or something it can be hurt but it can't be injured so uh it's something he has to deal with it's and every player on the team has something they're dealing with his is just a little bit more serious all right warren fogel
1: got a goal tonight table for one he was seated and swatted it in here's fogel
4: Sometimes lines get in a rhythm. I know when you were in Carolina, you played stall with guys all the time. This 11-4, like you're switching it up. Sometimes it's good to switch it up. When other times you want, can you kind of describe why sometimes rhythm is good for the same group, and then
8: sometimes it's better to have different line mates every third shift? Yeah, I think uh, just you know you're you're mixing up uh, you know different players you're playing with, but I think it just keeps you on your toes, right? You got to be mentally engaged in the game, and you know the nice thing about the 11-7 kind of is you know everyone gets gets to play more and and gets involved and um you know you can see how how that's working out for us right now
5: we were Ask me, Zach, about which was the sort of grittier goal off his chest or you off your rear end. You guys are getting some, I don't want to say garbage, but you're getting some of those types of goals, the, sort of those grittier goals, hey?
8: Yeah, you know, I think it, you know a lot of goals tonight, too. We got Clowder at the the doorstep, DR at the doorstep, and, you know, I think we've talked about we got to go to the net more and, you know, getting pucks to the net, and, you know, you saw we had, what, four or five goals there tonight, so, um, you know, we got to keep doing that. Things those, are
5: changing, straight, right? Yeah. It's not your power, tonight your power play didn't get a lot done but everybody else did uh
8: that would probably be a good sign for this team I would think yeah you got to find different ways to win you know you can't just rely on your power play and but uh you know like I just said you know uh everyone's contributing everyone's working hard and you know we just got to stay with it starting to see the same game
5: night after night from
8: your team yeah you know I just think uh we're managing the puck real well you know we're not giving away goals kind of like we did before and you know it's just this constant rhythm if you know trying to you know make it uh, more difficult for their defensemen and you know get a good rhythm with uh, with all the forwards
1: Rob don't worry i will speak to Ryan rashog cuz you have taught me there's no such thing as a garbage goal there is not. They're all beautiful.
2: They're da- darn all, to I'll they are. I'll speak
1: to Ryan on your behalf.
2: Yeah, they're all nice goals. I don't care if you have to push it in three inches or if you go through the whole team. At the end of the day when it says goals beside and it says six, they were six beautiful goals. Actually I got a text from a buddy of mine when he said about the changing his glove. He says the one that he was wearing had a lot of blue and different webbing. Then he switched to an all white glove with skate lace webbing. He's an ex goalie so he would have noticed that. I didn't, but I did get So it said he did change his glove. All right.
1: Oilers win 5-2 over Seattle. You can get us at 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 chat. He'll bring it into the Seattle and He'll go towards the net. He'll shoot. Sky! What a rush up the ice!
1: Well, he now has 38 goals. That was the Oilers' first goal tonight. It tied at 1-1 with 5.52 left in the second period. Seattle was not happy on that play. Hyman's at the blue line. His skate clips Schultz's skate, who goes down, and that gave McDavid a little more room to make that play.
2: Yeah, I can understand it. It, it, why Seattle be upset. It was right in front of their bench, too, so right. it makes it a 1,000 times worse I uh, easily could have been called a penalty. I've seen it called a penalty many, many times. Having said that in the first period, the same thing happened the other way. I believe it was McLeod skating backwards. He ran into a Seattle Kraken player, fell down. There was no call that way That way either. Uh, it's a tough one. To me, to me I'd call a penalty because um, it changed the entire complexion of the play. McDavid, oh, one less guy to go after. And he went in and scored, but the referee was consistent. Didn't call it either way.
1: Yeah, and the referee doesn't know there's going to be a goal. No, well, just, he
2: probably it? could have guessed with Connor coming full speed and it's one less guy. Uh, the one thing, though, is teams cannot allow Connor McDavid to come up with that kind of speed because when he comes out kind of speed, the defenseman has no choice. He has to back up. Defenseman that tries to gap up and stay close to him is going to get walked. And if you start walk going backwards too far, Connor makes that just that little sidestep and it's an absolute bomb. Jones had zero chance on that. And we've seen Connor McDavid do that more and more this season. Hence, he's on pace for a 60 goal year.
1: Yeah, just, I mean, his wrist shot comes off his stick so hot. I mean, I know we've seen it several times over the years. And, and, and I've said this before, you you can't, because I think even the the greatest players, and there are so many in the league, and they're great puck handlers. I feel, and we're we're lucky we get to watch up top for the home games. There, there is there's often still a little tell when they're going to shoot, or before they pass, or if they're not going to pass, right? They put the puck. I mean, Connor can have the puck, almost against his left skate, mm-hmm. or he's extended with his with his wrist far away from his body. And from any position between those, he can shoot, he can pass, or he can keep controlling it and rush it.
2: Well, if you want to have your your kids score more goals, have them practice shooting from different angles. And I, I do with our academy kids is teach them how to shoot with the puck in close to your body, teach them how to shoot when the puck's further away from your body so that whenever you get a puck, you're capable of scoring in that angle. And Connor McDavid does it himself. And when you change an angle, as he comes down and he pushes the puck further out, the goalie has to move and that all of a sudden opens up space. The thing with Connor McDavid, he's coming, they, they showed he's going like 37 miles an hour as he's skating up the ice. So A, his, if he's got a, a howitzer of a shot, it's that much harder because of the speed he's coming at. That goalie is backing up. He's never set. So... Uh, the goalie, zero chance. Absolutely zero chance. It, all Connor has to do is miss the goalie because the goalie's not going to save it. It's either going to hit him or it's going to hit the back of the net. And more and more often this year, it's hitting the back of the net.
1: Oddly enough, the Oilers' power play was 0-for-3. Well, sometimes they have an over. for It
2: was not particularly dangerous tonight. No, that was an off night for their power play. It, it's, it's funny. The Seattle Kraken put so much effort into the penalty kill tonight. They weren't as good five-on-five. Five. They're normally not a good penalty-killing team, uh, they did a good job um, the Oilers power play wasn't able to muster any really great a scoring chances uh, so that they was had one three shots th- on goal yeah and just they weren't as threatening as they have been they and they actually they made a few bad passes they, well
1: nope. oh, I thought I, I know we say this sometimes and it's like, oh, I thought they did overpass a couple well, of times.
2: It, well, the, the one thing where the Oilers are, or one of the big reasons they're so successful in the power play is their execution is excellent. Nobody moves the puck around better and makes more passes successfully than the Oilers do. When they make a play, it always works. Tonight was the first time that they made passes where they actually twice iced the puck on themselves. Connor McDavid actually threw the puck back to the point, missed his guy by about 10 feet and went all the way back. So it was a rare off night, but when you have an off night, and you score five even-strength goals, you don't notice the offense on your power play as much.
1: Yeah, Oilers beat the Kraken 5-2 tonight, so it's a four-game winning streak for the Edmonton Oilers. Their longest one this season is five, which they're going to try to get to against the Tampa Bay Lightning a-, a couple days ago. The Kraken's seven-game road winning streak comes to an end. I don't know if you heard this on the Face-Off show, Rob, as I looked up, okay, what's the longest road winning streak of all time? Well, it's twelve. Detroit did it in 5 6 Minnesota did it in 1415. And then I, I once I saw this record, I thought, oh, yeah, I forgot about that already. New Jersey had 11 games earlier this year. So the Kraken have won, had one seven straight road games, not even the longest one this season. So,
2: anyway, incredible. What was the goal differential again? It was something like 37. 37 uh,
1: 15 on that road. So that averages out,
2: what, seven games? That's 5-2. Uh, five, five, win average on every night and they give up 15 goals and i think they give up like nine of them in two of them because they gave up five in chicago and four yeah, in which, ottawa yeah so that's they're, a good point so nine of the goals well, they shut out games. boston
1: i mean they're the only team that got a regulation win in boston
2: seattle is good they are a good hockey club they were running on fumes tonight i do believe they're going to keep pushing for a playoff spot uh and good on them I, I hope they do they are a team that plays well and it's good to see some of the ex-oilers playing as well as they are i thought Larson, had an excellent game tonight. Yeah, for he Seattle got up Cracken. there at
1: Holloway that one time, didn't he? he?
2: Oh, you know what? Holloway is lucky on that one because Tanov was back checking. Tanev hit him just before Larson got to him. That may have saved Holloway because Larson had him lined up.
1: But you make a good point about how Seattle can can come at you. Like, usually when, I mean, I see what their media guys put out or look at the game previews, and, the, you know, they'll list the lines one through four. Geeky, Tanov and Sprong is usually listed as the fourth line. But and I suppose like I 15 feel some Nights, that that's like the most consistent line. They well, yeah,
2: they are good. They're deep. They're top to bottom, and there's not much difference between top and bottom. So uh, that's they're a complete team. They've got good defense. They, they're big. They're physical. Their one weakness this year has been goaltending. It's well below average when it comes to save percentage. Uh, but. They've overcome that, and they're a very good five-on-five team. Uh, with a little bit of rest, I think they're going to get going in the right direction again. Uh, they'll be there come playoff time as a team that's going to push for that one of those final spots.
1: All right, Oilers win 5-2 over Seattle. You'll hear from Darnell Nurse when we bring you back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen
0: Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. He gets pinned. Holloway will get it back to the point. DeHarnay, right wing, will shoot it. It's in behind Jones. Scores! Following it up to put it home was Derek Ryan. And the Edmonton Oilers have
1: a 2-1 lead. Derek Ryan getting his sixth of the season, helping the Oilers beat Seattle 5-2. Four-game winning streak for the Oilers. Here's defenseman Darnell Nurse.
5: So uh, you get a win on home ice, which is big, but what did you like about the way your team put that together tonight?
9: Yeah, it's a good team that uh, we went out, went out there and played well against, you know, uh, start to finish, got ourselves a, a lead and, and work hard. You know, that's, uh, for us, soup played huge, um, made some big saves for, for us at big times, and then throughout our lineup, guys contributed tonight. Darnell, that, uh, they came in, the high-scoring team, 5-on-5. Five five. You guys uh, came in, your goals against have really dropped 5-on-5 five
4: five for 10. Now that's only 17 goals against in 11 games. What do you feel has been the biggest
9: difference is the group defending 5-on-5? Five five? I mean, there's been a real buy-in. I think you could see it from our group. Even when we're in our D zone, we're keeping a lot of stuff to the outside. Um, and you know, when the puck does get to the net, uh, you want, you know, the goalie's got to make the first save, but we want to clean up everything around them. And uh, we've been doing we've been doing that uh, well. we got to continue to do it. Commander okay.
5: comes back Tonight. what was it like having him back
9: and how much did you guys miss him? Yeah, it's great to have Kaner back. Um, obviously, he brings uh, a, an element of, of everything out there on the ice, and uh, you know, in, in our room, he brings a lot of life too. So, it's uh, it's good to have him back in the lineup. He's it's very impressive, the, the work that he put in to be able to get back in that uh, that amount of time. So, it was nice to see him out there. The 11 forwards, for whatever reason, this time, it seems he's got a lot of different guys scoring.
4: How is it for the defenseman? Like, I know that you
9: play a lot with Cody, but you're still switching maybe more than normal. How is that for the group defensively? Oh, well, it's alright. I mean like for for guys you, you get out there probably in, in more different situations, right? You're playing with seven sometimes um, and I got a few shifts out there with Vinny, you know, where you're starting in, in the neutral zone or the O zone and I mean Cease and I a lot of times we're starting in the D zone, right? So you get different looks uh, in different spots on the ice, but I mean it's great. Uh, Manson does a good job of up uh, and keeping everyone going, which I think, uh, you know, it's tough to do with seven, but he does a, a great job of keeping everyone in it. You just beat Vegas, you just beat Seattle, those two teams ahead of you in the division. Kind of, what's the sense of how well, well, things are going? Good. Oh, we'll take care of tomorrow. You know, one day at a time. That's the way. That's where our focus has been over the, the course of the last, you know, week and a half or so. So that's that's where we'll we'll take it. Now you mentioned DeHarnay, and you played a little bit with him now the last
4: four games. I don't know if you knew much about him because he was injured in camp the last few years, but what's been your
9: impressions of him, and what have you liked when you're playing with him? Oh, he plays hard, smart, um, has ability to make plays, and you know, with that big frame, he moves around so well out there too. So he's uh, he's been great to have in our group, and really earning his way each and every day. And then brings that uh, compete and work ethic that uh, you know, it's it's really contagious throughout the group.
1: Starting on nurse after a 5-2 Oilers win over the Kraken, four in a row for Edmonton. Next game broadcast Thursday, 5:30. Face-off show game at seven here at Rogers Place against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Kellen Kennedy for their work on the technical side of our broadcast tonight on behalf of Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.